The one that we have to wheel out at the start and end of every year. Because it doesn't fit into anything else. Talk Amongst Yourselves, the Foul Entertainment Talk Podcast, otherwise known as the one that we have to wheel out at the start and end of every year because it doesn't fit in with everything else we make. I'm always Mike. And I'm always Darren whenever we do these shows. Yeah. Um, we're actually going to have to wheel it out at some point in the next few weeks when we have to talk about the Nintendo Switch launch event. So there's something. We don't, oh, have, a, yeah. we don't have a video game podcast, Michael. But uh, Maybe we should do that. We don't talk about video games enough, Michael. We're a film podcast primarily, but this is us talking about all the things coming in 2017. Now, that will involve films up front, so if you're only here for films and your whole life is film, films, and nothing but films, uh, yeah, listen for the first, I think, you know, period of time. (laughs) (laughs) Very specific, Darren. Well done. Well, when we finish talking about the movies and start mentioning TV shows, you can tune in to that point, but hopefully stick with us because we are going to talk about TV shows and video games as well. Lots and lots to look forward to. In the year of our Lord 2017, um, which is very much the Rocky Six of movies. Of years, you mean? Of years. Wow. Movies. Um, <laughs> I'm pretty Rocky sure the Rocky Six, six, six of movies is Rocky Six. No, 2017 is the Rocky Six of years because it follows such an unmitigated piece of shit that it can't possibly be worse. And it's got to apologise for everything that went wrong bit like last a, year. A bit like Assassin's Creed, which you just got done reviewing. Yes. That was a good start to 2017. What? I was, yeah, admittedly, the Rocky Six of years has not got off to the greatest <laughs> of starts, but it's okay, it'll come back. Yeah, because 2016, whilst we didn't enjoy it for movies somewhat, it was pretty much a disappointing of a year. <laughs> so 2017 has got a lot riding on it, but thankfully, the one thing it has got going for it is a lot of good movies. Yeah, a lot of good stuff coming up. Um, this includes the strongest Marvel year on known record. A Star Wars episode. Star Wars episode 8, which is going to be coming mm-hmm. out as well. A lot of, a dec- lot of high quality TV shows. TV is really, again, enjoying its golden period at the moment. And of course, the greatest game ever made is potentially coming out this year. Potentially. Potentially. I'm fairly certain that that game already exists, but there we go. Uh, we shall see. Um, now, if you listen to our 2016 film review, uh, we did a timed thing where we limited the amount of time talking about it. Which is good when we get round to Zelda Breath of the Wild that I'm on a timer and therefore can't just talk endlessly about um, Breath of the Wild like I want to. Um, so we're going to give each other a minute, I think, to speak about these movies. A minute each. Oh, oh, should we do 30 seconds each? No, a minute each sounds good. Okay, yeah. Some of them we're going to obviously going to come into the wire where we don't really have that much to say about them. And some of us, uh, some movies only Michael's looking forward to and some movies only I'm looking forward to and so on and so forth. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll jiggery about But most of the things, this is a joint effort and we'll get... A minute each, because we're not reviewing it, we're talking about why we're looking forward to it and what it could mean. Mm-hmm. So, to be fair, we'll start on a minute. If it gets yeah. boring, we'll, we'll shave it down. And Keep then, things interesting. And of course, we'll make some predictions as well at the end of the uh, episode of, of what we think is going to be the best, what we think potentially could be the worst yeah. out of all these movies, what we have faith in and what we don't. And then I have a magical question for Michael and myself to answer at the end of the show. Fantastic. That'll be fun. It will be, right. Shall we start with movies? Yes. Um, I, we haven't done this in chronological order. We were going to, but that involved work. Um, so, <laughs> so instead, just gone, I think this actually pretty much sums up how much I'm looking forward to these things in ascending order. Starting with what is by far and away the most hyped movie of next year, Stones Episode 8. Darren, do you want your minute? Uh, yes, go ahead. Go. Uh, right. We um, know nothing about Episode 8. We don't even know what it's called. Um, apparently that's imminent, but who knows? Um 
doesn't need to know, we don't need to know anything about it to be hyped, of course, because Force Awakens was really, really good. It set the basis for what could be another fantastic Star Wars trilogy, the second fantastic Star Wars trilogy. Um, and hopefully it just managed to carry that momentum through. That's all I'm looking forward to. I, I hope we get more expansion on what Kylo Ren is, more expansion on, on Rey and her connections. Maybe we start to find out about her parentage so Darren can say he was right all along. That would be wonderful. Uh, special effects, we're going to see the introduction of, um, oh, what is his name? He played the collector. Benicio del Toro. Benicio del Toro is a, what presume he's a bad guy. Um, hopefully there's a Lando cameo. We don't know, but fingers crossed. Uh, lots to look forward to, even though we know nothing about it. Hopefully it's the extended adv- adventures of Chewie and R2 going around in the Falcon, solving mysteries. Great. Awesome. I'm going to take my minute. Now, I'm really looking forward to a lot of stuff with Star Wars Episode Eight. For first, the title, because we should have had the trailer by now. If you remember how early that the Force Awakens trailer came out, that's all I need. I just need that little taste of what's coming up. But then again, we have just had Rogue One. I'm swiftly running out of time. I do want to see what's going on with Benicio Del Toro's character, but also what they're going to do with the already established characters. Where is um, Finn and Poe's story going to go from here on out? We know where Rey's going. She's going to train with the greatest Jedi to have ever lived, Luke Skywalker. <laughs> Why are you giving me that? Finn and Poe. Oh, yeah, you think that Finn and Poe are going to be in a relationship by the end of this movie. Although, I hope so. To be fair, but what I don't want this movie to do is to just try and play on what Empire does and what Empire set up, as is the greatest movie of all time. It cannot be a shadow of that. I want this movie to go to new and exciting places and maybe make it so that finally we get a stormtrooper that doesn't suck. Hashtag give Captain Phasma more than 12 lines. Nice, nice. <laughs> I agree with everything, yeah. To not make it a remake of Empire in the much the same way this was a remake of New Hope, yeah. Force Awakens was, would be a very good thing. But we both like that movie, so it's not like a bad thing. Right, yeah, no. so that's something we know nothing about. Yes. Uh, something we know a bit more about. Now we're getting to ones we actually have trailers for. This is the kind of Marvel glut of uh, movies. They're not in uh, the correct order, but we can make a quick change. That's fine. Um, and we'll start with Spider-Man Homecoming. Michael? Spider-Man Homecoming is a movie I'm really looking forward to, not only because this is probably the best incarnation of Spider-Man, period, but also we get Michael Keaton as the Vulture, which is something that I am hella looking forward to. The fact that we get to bring not only a fantastic newcomer in uh, Tom Holland as Spider-Man, but also one of the greatest, most revered comic book actors of all time, Michael Keaton, is just... ah. I'm just really looking forward to it. And the trailer did everything it needed to do. It shows how it's going to integrate with the MCU. Obviously, we do have Robert Downey Jr. starring alongside these two. Really cementing this, even though this is a Sony production, cementing into the MCU. Lest we forget, this is either the 15th or 16th movie in the MCU. This really should be running out of steam, guys, but it's not. And Spider-Man feels fresh. It feels different. It feels like a John Hughes movie. And that's kind of brilliant. The fact that it's now melding genres... I could not be more excited. I love Spider-Man, especially this version. Time. Nice. Um, I have to agree. There's going to be a lot of agreeing. Yeah, go start agreeing. Uh, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Spider-Man Homecoming, like, we, we've had the foul experiment with the amazing Spider-Man. They had some positives, so did the original trilogy. This looks like a chance to moulding both of those worlds together. A good Peter Parker with a good Spider-Man, a good villain and a good plot. Keeping him in high school, keeping him true to the roots of the character as he's always been, not getting him straight into college, not making him a real boy, uh, making making him a real boy, making yeah. him a man straight away, keeping him as a teenager, keeping him as that classic Peter Parker. That's going to be the key. Being funny, the trailers already set that up as it's going to have some good humour, hopefully. 
Uh, and it's just a very interesting experiment. This can open the doors to a lot of things. If this works out well between Disney and Sony having this partnership, who knows what mutant doors it could open in the future. I am a man of great belief and hope sometimes, Michael. And if Homecoming's good, you know Fox is going to want a piece of the pie and we might get that ultimate Marvel fucking um, universe that we all want. That's not a, that's a lot of pressure, but I think Homecoming can pull it off. Awesome. Two just, doesn't despair. Just on time. Uh, right. Um, Guardians of the Galaxy 2 is the next one out. You'll um, start in that? Coming out. Uh, yes, I'll start on that one. Um, we get it, Michael. You really like Guardians of the Galaxy. But I so haven't said anything yet. <laughs> but so did I. Um, I, I. It was very, very funny. Probably one of the best comedies of that year, even though it wasn't strictly a comedy. Um, we're, the trailer shows that we're going to be getting more of the same from the looks of things. Um, Baby Groot has a potential to take over the world. That might eventually get annoying, but we'll see. Um I, I, we don't know anything about the plot. They've been very tight-lipped on the... We know the, the you know, Ego, the Living Planet and stuff like that, but we don't know the specifics. That's what I'm looking forward to. I think there's another great adventure to be had with this set of characters, potentially a lot more in the future, um, all building up to, obviously, next year's Avengers Infinity War when we get to get them all together. It's going to be great. It's proving that Dave Bautista does have talent despite his years of trying to prove otherwise in the WWE. Uh, and, yes... Uh, that's pretty much all I have to say. Sweet. I feel like I should donate all of my extra time to you, Michael. I'm taking over on this one. Guardians 2! <laughs> Thank God. I know. We get it. I like Guardians. And I do like Guardians. That's because Cosmic is the best thing to come out of Marvel. No question. No jokes. Totally serious. Uh, Guardians 2 is hopefully going to open up a lot of doors into just expanding and introducing fantastic new characters and setting up the background, hopefully, to introduce newer and better heroes, which should be interesting. What I want them to do is probably not what they're going to do. James Gunn has ultimately said there are no seeds planted for an appearance of Nova. However, we all know that he's the next biggest cosmic superhero. You gotta set that groundwork, but more importantly, they get newcomers like Mantis, played by Pom Clementine. I think is uh, new. Hell of a name. N- I know, right? Completely new. And I love the character of Mantis in the books. And like you said, we're building up towards that slow meet up with Thanos. Or that, even though this movie is not going to focus on that, but what this is essentially is going to be Space Chris Pratt being awesome for another two hours. And I cannot wait. <laughs> there we go. Oh, I'm looking forward to the return of my running joke. Yeah. Oh, that's going to be a wonderful quiver. You've had the a, arrow in my quiver to have all year. You've had two years. Well, you got used it all for 2015, actually. So I you've did. had one year of not being able to use that uh, joke. I, I'd love it if you didn't like it. I forget <laughs> it, Mark. You don't like God. <laughs> uh, right. Uh, and then they close out the year with Thor Ragnarok. Uh, Maggle go. So Thor Ragnarok should be pretty damn interesting. It comes from the director of of um, what we do in the shadows of all people Taika Waititi's at the directing helm although I do actually feel kind of hopeful for this one I think after one after the first Thor movie which I actually genuinely like and I think does hold up and after a second one that was just dead on arrival this should be an interesting sidestep for the MCU because not only are we going to do the whole crossing the nine realms thing that we did in the second movie but better but also we're getting a planet hulk movie in this movie we've now been told that doctor strange has an extended role in this so we're now getting a three-way um hero team up in our thor movie but also we get um hella who should be an interesting villain hella fun hella fun hey uh and yeah we get to see what's going on with heimdall's crazy eyes and also loki's back cue the screaming nice fangirl in the end as well well yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I agree. I think it's it's a very, very brave move for Marvel to give this to Taylor Waititi. Or I'll probably butcher his name there, but there we Taika go. Taika Waititi. 
him uh, to give Mate, it to such a a quirky director, especially for the third movie in the in the Thor trilogy. I know the Marvel movie universe doesn't really work like that, but that's a hell of a but that that shows that they knew what the problems were with Dark World. They knew that it was just too standard. It was too by the numbers. This is not going to be by the numbers, as you said. A Planet Hulk movie, a Doctor Strange Thor Hulk three way team up thing. That's going to be awesome. The end of the world is at stake here, Michael. We're probably going to you know have a lot of high stakes edifice. Whether it means high stake results, like we're going to get some deaths or some real major changes to Marvel, which I think what the Thor movies lack, they ultimately impact the the universe the least. That's what I'm looking forward to. But if this can give Guardians Galaxy 2 and Spider-Man a run for their comedic money, that's going to be a hell of a year. Marvel could sweep all three spots on the comedies of the year, Michael. That's the type of place we're in. Damn. We've one second to go. One second to go. (laughs) Isn't that a thing, though? That that, that could be an interesting game. Spider-Man looks like it's going to be hella funny. Like, that's the thing I'm looking forward to the most. Same thing with Guardians. And if thought, any, everything we've seen coming out of thought, especially with how committed Chris uh, Hemsworth looks to the part in that little teaser thing they had, yeah, that's going to be really funny. Hopefully. The complete opposite tact <laughs> to what the opposition's doing. <laughs> we can talk about that now. Yes, in the inverse curve, we have DC. Now, admittedly, they're putting their strongest foot forward with Wonder Woman at the start of the year. Start me off, Michael. Go. Um, which I'm looking forward to more than I think I've looked forward to a DC movie since they started their um, extended universe. Didn't look forward to Man of Steel because I don't like Superman. For Batman vs Superman was going to be a uh, train crash, and it was. Wonder Woman was actually tickled my balls just a little bit because I liked the period setting. It worked well for the first Captain America. This is World War One as well, so it's even more different than that. Um, the cinematography, especially on Themyscira, looks really, really nice. I'm still not sold on Gal Gadot as an actress. Still don't think she can do that, but she can look cool and kick people. And that's fine. <laughs> Lots of lesser actors have got great careers based on that. She can be the new Steven Seagal for all I get. All she needs to do, turn up in Wonder Woman, have Chris Pine as uh, whatever his name is. Steve Trevor. Steve Trevor, pull us through with the story, have some good war stuff, and then just have Wonder Woman kicking the crap out of Nazis. Well, they're not Nazis. Uh, angry German people. <laughs> that can be enough for me. And yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Sweet. Time with eight seconds. Me, on the back of that... I'm slightly less enthusiastic than what I used to be. After watching that trailer, I was like, yeah, you know what? This can work. And you're right. Right now, the period setting is going to work the best for Wonder Woman. Look at the success that Battlefield 1 has had recently of bringing that time period back into the, the common viewing audience. It's going to be interesting. However, DC screwed up two major tentpole movies this year. That is not a good track record, especially when one of them was arguably the most anticipated comic book movie of all time. Like, if you think about it, how long were people calling out for a Batman versus Superman movie compared to how long were people were calling out for a Civil War movie? That it's, it's you know, there's oceans between them. And DC have screwed it up in the past. It's It's got to fit into this Zack Snyderverse that I'm just not hot on, to be honest. But you know what? Wonder Woman's going to kick a lot of people. And I'm going to enjoy a kicking a lot of people. That's all I'm paying to see. Kicking. <laughs> That's a hell of a sentence to finish on, Michael. Uh, to be fair, she does boot that bloke right in the shin. Oh, she... Oh, God. I still don't like the theme. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> ah, stop screeching my ear. <laughs> okay, so after that, though... Oh, God, we have to talk about it. We have to talk about the Justice League. You can start talking about the Justice League next. Oh, no, this movie's gonna suck. That's my biggest prediction for this year. This movie is going to bomb. It's gonna suck. I want to be proven wrong. I really hope I'm wrong, guys. But 
it looks like it's going to be a big old steaming pile, with the notable exception of Aquaman, because I think Jason Momoa is a cool dude who can throw axes. The thing is that nobody looks like they're having fun. We just looked at a new uh, image that came out from this, and Batman looks just just unhappy to be there. Wonder Woman doesn't even look like Wonder Woman, which is a problem. Cyborg looks like he's got an evil crotch. Megatron's face. Megatron's face for a crotch, and also... He just looks too angular for me. He's supposed to be shiny and chrome. He looks like he's made out of rocks. The Flash's suit is dross. And then you've got Aquaman, who's a cool dude who can throw axes. But Zack Snyder's directing this one, Darren. You know what that means? Go on. Slow-mo up the wazoo and no plot whatsoever. Fuck this movie. I haven't even seen it yet. There's only so many axes you can throw at a wall in two and a half I think I'm slightly more optimistic. <laughs> in just I think they, they know this is the one last chance they have. I know yeah. they've got the Ben Affleck Batman movie coming up and we're all looking forward to that. But this is their last chance to really get people excited about the extended universe. Because if this doesn't do well, Flash, Cyborg, a Green Lantern movie, all those things are going to be nigh on impossible to get off the ground. Um, so I think the trailer smacks of desperation. <laughs> it's like, oh, it's like it seems like the Suicide Squad trailer is like, oh, we haven't made a good movie. Try and put a good trailer together. Just put Icky Thump in there. Uh, yeah. Like Icky Thump. Heard <laughs> <laughs> you can talk to fish. <laughs> ah, ah, he's making jokes, mad pants. Um, <laughs> it's, it's. I, I do agree. The thing, I think, the key thing about this movie that's really the death now for it is I keep forgetting that it's happening this year. Nobody had that about the Avengers. Everyone was convinced it was going to be a great movie, and it was. This is again, if. DC is an inverse curve of Marvel. The fact that we're forgetting about a movie and then when we do think about it, we think it's going to suck is really the sorry state of affairs I can think of. We have a second to spare. Pantsman! Pantsman! It gets to the point where you think, if they'd just done a, a, like a, an adaptation of Batman 66, that might have actually been a better idea. And actually got Adam West back. <laughs> you know you'd watch the hell out of it. Oh yeah, I'd watch You it. know that for a goddamn fact. There is one DC movie that's got a bit of hope to it, though. Yeah, that's coming out quite soon, actually. It is. It's coming. Yeah. Out, it's probably the first one on this list that's coming out. This is the Lego Batman movie. Because we live in a bizarre world where DC can't get their superheroes right, but Lego can. Yeah. Um, I'm kicking this on off, aren't I? Yeah. Uh, yeah, the Lego movie proves a lot of people wrong in the, you know, well, we knew because we played the Lego games. We knew they had potential to be actually quite funny, and it knocked you out of the park. Somehow, Batman was deemed so funny in that movie that it actually superseded the Lego movie sequel, which I do think is a bit of a poor decision on their part. But he's got the same team behind it. We saw how much fun they had with Batman and, and Superman and Green Lantern and all that good stuff. Um, and it looks like they're going to be poking fun at Batman for being overly serious and having too many gadgets and all that stuff. That's good. This could be the return of... Uh, this seems weird, but this could be the return of good parody movies. When was the last time we had a good parody movie? Popstar. Oh, Pops, I'll never stop believing. <laughs> right, right. Prior to that, we had to live for all the goddamn scary movie ripoffs for the yeah. last 10 goddamn years. This is a return for that form. It's going to take the piss out of superhero movies. That's what we need right now. We need some levity. Deadpool proved it could be done. The Lego movie could be done. Put those two together. You get the Lego Batman movie. It's going to be cool. Yeah, that's good. Well done. I am slightly less optimistic about this, purely because I think that because of the huge snub, especially when it came to award season, that the Lego movie got... And let's not make two bones about it. I think the Lego movie is one of the best animated movies of all time. Um, I'm just worried that this is just hedging their bets a little bit too much on... Oh, Batman was funny in that movie. Like, Will Arnett's a funny guy. Don't get me wrong. But can he hold a full movie? A full-length movie? And I like the idea, like you said, hopefully it's going to do what it should do and poke fun at DC relentlessly. That's the only way it's going to get people back on side to DC. Because right now, everyone's jumping that ship and joining the good ship. Marvel... Because they actually make decent movies. But 
it should be good. Like you said, this same creative team are back. This is the same creative team who made one of the best animated movies of all time, which should have got an Oscar. But like I said, this one just feels like we've taken the lowest hanging fruit. But I am willing to be proven wrong. Wonderbar. Uh, right, now that's almost all there is for um, superhero movies. There is Fox's one offering this year. Uh, they gave us two last year. They're obviously doubling down. They, they're probably going to reset their universe a soft reset, like with the new movements or just going forward with Deadpool and screwing all the rest of it. Uh, but this year we get Logan. Uh, Michael, begin. Logan should be interesting. I'm actually slightly optimistic. Who would think of it? But here's the thing, right? We are essentially going to see the Logan movie purely because it's one, Old Man Logan storyline. Adapted, but it's the Old Man Logan storyline. And two, Hugh Jackman's last outing. Now, maybe that this is the only offering that Fox have got this year is entirely intentional because it is now the death of this timeline, the death of this version of, of Logan and Wolverine. I hope it is because hopefully this is the one where we just go, this is where Fox stops their solo efforts and then good shit Marvel come in next year and we get that crossover. I want it to happen. I don't think it will, but I want it to happen. But this movie looks to be going an artistic route which is dangerous for a, for a superhero movie unless you've really got the people who've got the mental know-how on that but it's Hugh Jackman as Wolverine I'm already there okay for, for what seems like the first time on this is I'm actually slightly less oh I've turned the timer off hang on a minute everybody calm down uh, what do I do Michael help um, Jesus Christ I got it, I got it I fixed it okay reset we're good technical problems are over um, I'm actually less optimistic about this I, I, I see that trailer. I've seen it quite a few times. It seems to be on every movie I go and watch. I get Requiem for a Wolverine. And it just looks so joyless. And I admit, I've said this many times before, superhero movies are going to survive as a genre by amalgamating other ones. But I don't think mopey drama was one that I was particularly looking forward to. There is a lot of pathos with the Wolverine character you can, you can dig into. But it doesn't look fun. And I do want to have fun when I watch my Wolverine movies. It just looks like they've doubled down on the kind of gritty aspect of the Wolverine. And Wolverine was the one that everyone was kind of on the fence on. By just agreeing that it was the best of the two solo Wolverine movies, but not much more than that. I don't know if that's a good place to go, but it's an interesting route. I do agree with you. I will look forward to watching this show, uh, this movie when it comes out on opening weekend. I'm just not 100% convinced it can be an enjoyable movie. That doesn't necessarily mean it's not going to be a bad movie, but will I love it like I do the other X-Men movies? That remains to be seen. Totally. Wait, good. that's superhero movies doing, everybody. Yeah. I know that's what you usually come here for, but don't worry, we like other things such as the Power Rangers. Oh, God. Oh, this is going to be the best. I don't know why I said it in the Gladiators theme tune, but there we go. <laughs> um, <laughs> This oh, that's, that's just the 90s happening all <laughs> <once. laughs> It's wonderful. Right, the Power Rangers movie could go so very badly wrong very quickly. It, uh, the trailer was fine, but they're holding off for some reason on showing us the Zords. Zordon. The, the suits themselves, who they're fighting. da 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 da, da. That's a bit worrying, because you know how close we are to the release date. They must have that footage in the bag. They must be so overconfident in it that they're okay with not releasing it that far, but... A second trailer is what I need to convince me that this isn't just going to be a movie for kids in the same like like young adult market like it's I mean, like the Divergent Allegiant series, <laughs> but with the dressings of the Power Rangers on top of it. It could be very cheap. I, I think we need to start accepting our heart of hearts. It's not really for us anymore. But 
I would love nothing more than this to be a great movie and this to be my top five. That would make me a very happy boy because I have dreamed of this movie for more than like 20 years at this point. So I'm looking forward to it. Maggle? Let me get out of the way the one thing I like about this movie so far. Max Landis once worked on the script. Whee! And therefore ends the things that makes me excited about Praise Power Rangers. Praise be to Landis, always. Um, but this movie, I feel like it's just going to set me up to be the Ninja Turtles or the Transformers 2, but fucking with my childhood this time. Mm-hmm. Like, before, it's like, oh, okay, Pale Rangers is a bad... Not Pale Rangers. Um, Transformers is a bad movie, but it's not really affecting me. This is messing with something very near and dear to my heart. Yeah. Uh, and if some of the leaked stuff is anything to go by, such as pictures of Zords and pictures of Zordon, oh, we in for a hella shit show. Um, Alpha 5 looks dumb. Oh, God, yeah. Yeah, he looks so dumb. Uh, but like, I think we have to realise that it's not for us. There's little kids who really enjoy the new Power Rangers, which is based off the new Super Sentai that I enjoy. Maybe that's what I should do. I should just go back to watching the Japanese one that makes me actually happy and feel like a child. <laughs> Well, I, I was coming with some optimism. Now I'm like sad. Yeah. <laughs> what could happen? There is no movie I'd rather be rung on this year, even above Justice League than the Power Rangers movie. Yeah. I'd love that to be great. Um, one oh, thing, uh, one thing I forgot to mention. I just want that guitar riff. I just want it back. Yeah, where was that in the trailer? You can't have the greatest TV theme tune ever written and not been there it should be treated with the same reverence as the fucking Bond theme <laughs> not these fucking rap remixes like they're trying to do with the Transformers shit it's in there it's unfiltered and it's glorious ah oh, it's going to be great one thing we're pretty sure is going to be good and we have no dead of is uh, Kingsman The Golden Circle Muggle a sequel to one of the best movies of 2014 when's it come out 2014 uh, yeah, yeah. Um, sign me up the fact that it filmed in Birmingham is another plus point from Rand, yeah. It's our mm. film. Um, but yeah, I'm looking forward to this movie. Taron Egerton is somebody who I don't think has been better in a movie since Kingsman. You know, to, despite his best efforts by appearing in shit like fucking Sing that's coming out this year. Yeah, and Eddie Eagle. the Eagle. That guy is talented and deserves to be put in a big starring role. And in this one, you get to do away with all the stupid chav stuff from the start of the Kingsman 1. You get to go straight into Bond parody at the start of this movie. Oh my god, I'm looking forward to it. We get to go and see the USA branch, and apparently somehow we're getting we're getting. Uh, was it Harry Hart? Is his name? In that apparently, movie? apparently he's back. That's going to be fun to do, but it's going to be stupid, gory, Matthew Vaughn directed fun. I can't wait. This movie's going to be great. Okay, I am slightly surprised, Michael, that you're excited for a, uh, a sequel to a Matthew Vaughn movie. You tend to be against those things, even when oh, they're yeah. good, oh, like yeah. Kickass. Too. We'll have we'll that argument, have this that argument one day. Um, but no, I'm looking forward to it. It did shoot around here, which is always a little bit fun. Same thing's going to happen with uh, Ready Player One when that rolls out next year. But yeah, it, it, there's no reason to doubt that this will be anything other than a good movie. You are right. The, the chaff stuff at the start was the weaker part of Kingsman. When it became a James Bond parody and a profane, horrible one of that, <laughs> it was it was really good. Sweet Channy teasing this. Oh, he is, uh, yeah. Yes, he is. We get to go over to America and see all that good stuff. We get to catch up with Veggie. And yeah, if Harry Hart's in this, by some miracle because of how zany the first movie was I'm pretty sure I'm going to forgive how he's uh, got over his slight case of being dead um, <laughs> slight case of being murdered of to the deaths I'll be okay with that yeah really looking forward to this potentially be easily in the top five if not the top three they also have to try and chop the top the, the uh, church scene sorry and give us a line better than shoot the dog <laughs> <laughs> my cocaine <laughs> my 
Okay, okay. <laughs> Need to pause, Michael. Yeah. Uh, right, another Mane. one. Now, I think this is more okay. close to my heart than it is for you. Yeah. But uh, War for the Planet of the Apes. Um, we had this is a weird series, and I really like it when I watch it, but then I don't really have much love for it past that. Like when I'm in the theatre watching those movies, I hella love them. The first one especially was such a unexpected hit. I expected to hate that thing because I did hate the Marky Mark fucking Planet. It's one of the worst movies of all time. What? No. How this turned it around, I have no idea, but I, it's now time for the actual war of the Planet of the Apes, which is just going to be hella fun. Caesar's back. None of this pretense of, oh, but are the humans trying to fight them? No. It's full-blown war. It shows us, apparently, I've read the synopsis, it's going to show why Caesar is such a legend. So it just means he's going to be leading these people into, into war. It's going to be fantastic. I want to see Maurice fuck some shit up. That'd be great. <laughs> Watching orangutan ripper Woody Halson's head off is going to be fantastic. <laughs> Looking forward to this. And keep forgetting it's coming out. But I did that with number two, and I really like that one as well. So that's not too bad, I think. Yeah, I was really into um, Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. That was the second one, right? Yeah, I was really into that movie. I thought that had some really good ape versus human drama. And now this one is essentially just going to be a two-hour version of the ending scene. Fuck yeah, I want to see dual gatling gun horse riding monkey. Damn right I'll pay to see that shit. Uh, but yeah, this series is surprisingly on the up and up. Each movie, in my opinion, has topped it. Like, obviously Marky Mark was down there. Fuck. But like, Dawn and... No, um, Rise. Rise and Dawn... We're like really good and really fucking good. So this one should be amazing. Admittedly, we don't know a lot about the actual human Cassis movie because all we care about is Caesar. And honestly, that's a good decision. Andy Serkis' performance as Caesar is absolutely fantastic. It's probably one of the most revolutionary roles, really, that we give so much damn about an ape. And yeah. this movie has got to bring the goddamn thunder. They said this summer, right? Yes. I'm calling it as one of the biggest summer blockbusters of this year. Excellent. More monkeys with Kong Skull Island. Kong Skull Island should be an interesting experiment. And I'll pick those words quite carefully there because it's very much on a different tone to 2014's Godzilla. Or should I call it Aaron Taylor Johnson is a military man featuring Godzilla. (laughs) Uh, This one seems to be putting the monkey straight in front of the camera going, this is what this movie's about. Yes, we've got a weird sort of slightly tribal John C. Riley, which has given me a lot of adventure PC game flashbacks with terrible FMV. But other than that, it looks like it's going to be Tom Hiddleston versus the giant gorilla. That's a movie I'd pay to see. Hopefully this one's actually going to set up pretty well for Godzilla 2, maybe actually bring some levity to that universe, because good God it needed it. Because all we want to see is giant monsters beating the hell out of each other. I will say, though, this has got a top... Um, not the the whole movie. The Peter Jackson King Kong had it where he ripped a dinosaur in half. It's got to top that. It, it, it's, a, it's a lot to beat. Hopefully it can do it. Nah. I was slightly less high on the recent Godzilla movie. Um, because of my love for Godzilla 98, which is a fantastic movie, and we hopefully have that argument this year. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah I, I like a lot of people are worried about the injection of comedy into this type of thing, but it is true. You need levity in these kind of stupid movies about giant gorillas. This isn't Pride and Prejudice. This isn't, you know, Atonement or some business like that. It's okay to find it a little bit stupid and to acknowledge that. Ape Atonement. Carry on. Carry on. Um, it's okay to have it in, 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 you know, in balance with all the good stuff. We're going to see Kong tear shit up. No amount of comedies are going to stop that from happening. That's fine. As long as Kong is taken seriously ahead of his fight with Godzilla, that's a hell of a sense. Uh, <laughs> that's going to be great. I think John C. Wiley is going to maybe even potentially steal the year we've been because he's genuinely hilarious in everything he's ever been in. That's true. So that's going to be fun. Tommy Dustin also is, is a good choice for your leading man. And uh, yeah. I'm excited for this without being overwhelmingly due to Godzilla. 
fair enough. That's kind of not fair to keep Kong Skull <laughs> on, to be fair. <laughs> no, to be fair, that, that's a fair assessment of the situation, though. Godzilla was fine whenever Godzilla was on screen. Which was Especially laser to the face. Tell you what, you will a bit Godzilla in <gasps> 98, but he's there a lot more than that Shut Godzilla up. was. Um, We're not having that argument. Okay, today. We, I think we can give 30 seconds. Oh, I'll tell you what, do you want to have more time to talk about John Wick 2? Yes, I do. And then we can go 30 seconds for the rest of this. Okay. Okay, John Wick 2, go. John Wick is one of the best action movies of all time, along with Mad Max. We had a really good bumper year in 2015 for movies, which was surprising. Um, but I'm, not, I'm so looking forward to John Wick 2. I really hope it builds more on the Assassin's Backworld. I want it to somehow try and top the crazy sort of gun-fu stuff that Keanu brings to that role. I really want it to... Unfortunately, I, I don't want it to be the same motivation that John Wick. John Wick worked so well because it was so isolated. It's a story that could be enjoyed just as a singular movie. This sequel needs to do the same thing, bring a solitary story that continues the, the, the thread of this one character. Just don't kill his dog again, because that won't be fun or interesting. You're going to have to do something like bring him back to the Assassin's World or get him on the contract that he could never finish, because this is a guy who can kill anybody. But, you know, all of those worries aside, it's John Wick too. I'm already there. I haven't watched John Wick. You should watch John Wick. I know, Wick. I know. I'm working on it. I'm working on it. I'm working on it. That's why I can't contribute that too much, much to that one in yes. particular. But there we have four movies left. So I don't think we need time to other things, mainly because two of them are going to be fucking pieces of shit. Yep. But uh, yeah, we'll start off with, uh, if we can time this properly, we don't even need to hold the phone. Here we go. 30 seconds for me to talk about Pirates of the Caribbean 5, Dead Men, Dead Men Tell No Tales. I'm an apologist for the original three uh, Pirates movies. But the fourth one was a bit a piece of shit because no one was really invested. Even Johnny Depp and um, um, what is his Cruz. name? No, what Jack Sparrow? Jack Sparrow didn't even seem <laughs> interested in his own goddamn movie. If he yeah. isn't, when am I? We have seen nothing of him in this movie. I presume it might actually be the same thing, which is why I'm really not helpful. And of course, Johnny Depp's turned heel in real life, which has somewhat stunted it. Could it be good? Maybe if Jeffrey Rush is there, because that's always good times. Johnny Depp's Grindelwald now. We doesn't. We don't need to have this. Uh, this movie franchise continuing. It's really just Disney straining this franchise for everything it's worth. We need to remember that parts of the Caribbean movies were a product of the early 2000s and they need to stay there. Admittedly, I did like Dead Man's Chest. This one, I have zero fucking interest in. Dan, I'm going to let you herald this one because I really don't care. I mean, there's always fun to be had with Jack Sparrow just in, in isolation because he's a, a, one of the greatest cinema characters ever ever made, in my humble opinion. Definitely Johnny Depp's best ever turn, I think, in any movie. To get Matthew Bolton or watch it. Not Matthew Bolton. Uh, Michael Bolton. Michael Bolton. Who the fuck's Matthew, Matthew Bolton? Matthew Bolton's a college. <laughs> yeah, let's not get that. <laughs> he might be in there. Let's um, not get... For, that's the one for Catholic. No, that's, that's Newman. That's Newman, Newman, that's the, Newman, that's oh, Newman. That's my favourite thing to do at the cinema, just for Catholics. For Catholics. <laughs> that's a, if, you, if you go to Dudley Showcase, you'll get these jokes. <laughs> if you don't, so. we've gone too far down the in-joke hold, Aaron. Sorry. We let's, need to climb out. Let's climb back here with uh, Transformers The Last Night. Oh, you actually want me to talk about yeah, it? Yeah, I do. Oh, that's a shame. I don't really have anything to say about it. It looks like it's going to fucking suck because it's a Transformers movie directed by Michael Bay that isn't the original Transformers movie directed by Michael Bay, which is only just about forgivable. The fact that we even continue to entertain the fact that these movies could be good is kind of insulting. But I understand that this franchise makes top dollar across the world. I don't know why, but it continues to do so. And this one's going to have an Optimus Prime heel turn. 
How original. Come on, China. <laughs> You're the only reason these movies are sticking around at this point. <laughs> Just give it up, man. Just have some pattern analysis in your life. Two, shit. Three, shit. Four, somehow worse, because it added Mark Wahlberg. This is just... It, the only positive to take from Transformers The Last Night is that it accumulates all the bad, terrible things in cinema into one movie and keeps them away from other things. It doesn't spread out the hate. It concentrates it into one handy two-hour package. Uh, we could just use that as the review. We'll just leave that as the review. Well, Mark Wahlberg, Michael Bay, and shit CGI, <laughs> and this camera style. Obviously, I know this is yeah. I know it's a visual joke on an audio medium, but the camera style of giving it to Michael J. Fox, basically. The, oh, oh, I was going to go with the boss Nass style. Of <laughs> the boss Nass. <laughs> Be gone with him. Okay. Um, right now, the last two could. They're on a knife edge for me. I admittedly haven't seen the trailer for Dunkirk, so I'm going to let you talk about that one first. It's a Nolan movie. I'm already in the cinema. Yeah. But this one's going to focus around, I believe, World War One, which, again, has been proven to be a fertile ground for for media this year and the end of last. You know, we've got uh, Wonder Woman coming this year, and we've had Battlefield 1, which has just done... Come on, like in strides with that background, so it could be interesting. And this is the first war film, like proper, straight up, true to life war film that we got from Nolan. It's interesting because it's not straight fiction. I'm interested to see where it's going to go in a filmmaking sense. Darren, I mean, head of the cast, it's got the Peaky Blinders team of Tom Hardy and uh, and Cillian Murphy, both Nolan uh, stalwarts. And yeah, you are right, it's an Nolan movie. Now, admittedly, the last Nolan movie we watched, we fucking hated. And yeah. I wasn't a big Inception guy either, so oh, I'm I not Inception. as high on Nolan movies as everyone else is, but if you can recapture the Dark Knight magic and put it into a war movie, I am hella there. Yep. Boom! That's all we and need. finally, one that really could go either way, I really don't know what to think about this, Ghost in the Shell. Now, I'll start, because I haven't seen the anime, um, so I'm not coming to this with any preconceptions of what it should be, Though I do agree with the whole, why isn't there a Japanese person at the front of this? But there we go. Um, Scarlett Hansen doing sci-fi. I'm usually in for that type of deal. And the trailers are very interesting. I don't know what's going on, but I'm interested. It's the opposite of Assassin's Creed. Um, <laughs> uh, and, and yeah, this could go either way. I have enough invested, so I think it's why I'm probably a bit more optimistic about it than you may be. No, I am actually optimistic Ooh. about this one. There is potential for this movie to not suck. I will say, stylistically, in terms of bringing... The elements that made the original anime movie so great, they appear to be bringing it one for one, which is interesting. Those who might have seen the trailer have noticed the the naked, naked action scene. That's straight up out of the anime. That's awesome. However, some of the stylistic decisions, like specifically the secondary catcher of Bato, looks ridiculous. This one could go either way. Please, God, make it good. I'm hopeful for it. Again, I, I have less riding on it like I did with Watchmen, which I like probably more than anybody in their circle of friends. Um, I so like it. I like the director's cut a lot. I still need to watch the director's cut. Oh, Watchmen. damn it. That's the Zack Snyder movie I enjoy. I know, I know, oh, I know. Oh, God. Oh, well, um, he followed up with Sucker Punch. So yeah, just think... think about Sucker Punch. Yeah. Just think about Sucker Punch. <laughs> uh, right, I will say, I don't know if you've got this prepared, Michael, but I have got my predicted top five for the year. Wow, really? I have. Um, this is taken from my article, which, you, which may or may not be up by the time you listen to this, but it is incoming for more you know, detailed versions of why I'm looking forward to these things. Number five, I've gone for War of the Planet of the Apes. I will point out, last year I was completely off. I had X-Men, Apocalypse, and Finding Dory in my top three, both wrong. But yeah, War for the Planet of the Apes is my number five choice. I've got Kingsman the Golden Circle at number four. I've gone with Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 at three. Spider-Man Homecoming at two, because I'm fucking excited for that. And then, of course, Star Wars Episode Eight is going to reign at number one. I don't know if I have the faith in full Ragnarok, because it's just such an oddball choice 
that could go either way. That could be an utter, unmitigated piece of shit and could bring about the end of times. Or it could be a fantastic breath of light to close out that trilogy in the best possible way by making something new and interesting, and that could be really cool. I'm just going to do a top five off the back of Go! Okay, so I reckon my fifth favourite movie this year might, might be La La Land. I'm really looking forward to seeing where that movie's going to go. I have made it my mission every year to watch more Oscar movies, and I haven't done it. This year is the year I'm going to do it. Okay. So I think La La Land's going to be at my number five. I think then my number four is going to be Kingsman 2. Uh, Kingsman 1 was at number four in 2014. I think it's going to stay there. It's a solid franchise. At number three, I think is going to be Thor 3. No, sorry, I tell a lie. I think that's going to be Spider-Man Homecoming. Mm -hmm. And then at number two, I think it's going to be Guardians 2. Because it didn't reach number one in 20... No, it did reach number one in 2014. It was your favourite movie. But unfortunately, it wasn't going up against Star Wars, which, goddammit, we know it's going to be at the top. We can't deny it. Well... It has to screw up monumentally. I'm going to touch wood. Hopefully it doesn't, but it has to screw up monumentally to not at least be in the top five. It's Marvel vs. Star Wars again for the top spot. But this year, Marvel pulled off a bit of an upset. You would have thought the good ship. Now, no, it was a spin-off story as opposed to an episode, so that might have done it. But yeah, I have absolutely no doubt in my mind that Star Wars would come out on top. Yeah. Right, uh, we're not done yet, people. Don't worry. That was movies again. <laughs> in real life, is movies, movies, nothing but movies. Feel free to tune in now. But we're going to talk about TV. Yay! Um, we can probably do thirty seconds for these because most of these we don't know anything about. Which now they're coming. Yep. Um, but one I will need a minute for because you don't need any time at all because you don't watch it is Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones Season 6 was my favourite TV show of last year. Think of that. It had to beat Stranger Things, which I think is better as a perfect execution of a concept that has ever happened on Netflix. Game of Thrones is better. Some of those episodes were better than most of the movies I watched this year, especially the Battle of the Bastards, which is at all kinds of fucking glory. Um, <laughs> episodes, we know now the end is nigh. That's good. That means we can finally start driving towards something, because in the doldrums of season five, when it looked like we were never going to get fucking anywhere, that was the problem. We now have a shorter, tighter story. Um, story. That means bigger budgets for each of the episodes. That means more of what we really fucking want. But I don't think character's going to be sacrificed, because the great thing about Game of Thrones is they never sacrifice character for action. They can combine the two better than any TV show ever in history. I am fucking hyped for the penultimate season of Game of Thrones. I think it's easily going to walk to the best season of next year. Woo! Penultimate season. So it's not the no, last one this year. It's not the last one, but they, they, they've essentially said they're going to do shorter seasons for the next two. I think it's only eight episodes as opposed to ten. I mean, you have an eight-episode season, then a seven-episode season uh, in 2018 to wrap things up. Well, um, are we going to do the idea that we came up with? Hopefully, we're going to get you into Game of Thrones before that final season, so you can just, you know, we can do weekly, oh my fucking God. Yeah. Um, because, yeah, you, I, I, I think that's going to be a thing. I think that's I, I, I think Project Game of Thrones should be something we we'll do We'll share details on that once we've actually got it finalised, what we're going to be doing. But, yeah, yeah uh, we are going to attempt to get Michael. Because I managed to get into it between... Well, I managed to watch all four seasons that I had available to me at the time in the space of two weeks. So I caught up hella quick. I was admittedly off work, but still. Um, and then, yeah, I've been loved with it ever since. And I want you to be where I am, Michael. My first full season I had to watch was episode season five, which is recognised universally as the bad one. And I was still hooked every week. And, yeah, you need to see season six, Michael, because it's so good. Uh, right, now, movies we can... Uh, TV, TV shows we can both talk about, unless you want me to talk about this thing, as you haven't finished watching it yet. Yeah, I haven't finished watching it. Okay. Go ahead. Um, Take a minute. I mentioned it just now, but yes, yeah, Stranger Things Season 2 is coming out next year. Now, I think that might be a bit of a quick turnaround for something that was so high concept and so clearly, like I said, a perfect execution of a concept. Absolutely 
flawless. To be able to write, unless they've already got it written, they know what they're doing. To be able to write and produce something that good and that fucking tight in a year seems a hard task. I would have been okay with them taking a year and a half to two years to come up with the second season of that. Having said that, it was only narrowly beaten by Game of Thrones, my favourite TV in next year. I have all the faith in the world that season two is going to give Game of Thrones a run for its money for the best season because there's so many good questions. The beautiful thing about Stranger Things is it concluded so many things and yet, sorry, Stranger Things, it left concluded so many things and yet left so many things open for questioning. That's a perfect fucking series. Leaves you wanting more whilst answering everything. That's why season two is going to fucking kick ass. It's the Goonies versus the Predator all over again. I'm looking forward to finishing this series. I've just remembered something that I have uh, I completely forgot is happening, hopefully, this year. Mm-hmm. And something that i only thinking about. Because I was trying to think of like stuff that I've watched on Netflix from last year that was really good. You know what I did watch on Netflix last year that mm-hmm. was really good? Uh, Max Landis' uh, series. Uh, oh, Dirk Gently's Holistic. It's great. I haven't watched it it's yet. It's really good. Like If you enjoy Max Landis-style writing. I do. Oh, it's good. Um, but... Very quickly, because I, I don't know where this fits in, because I don't know what he's making. No, 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 don't give me a minute. I don't need okay. a minute. I just wanted to mention the fact that it's happening. He's got a project called Bright coming out. Mm-hmm. You might have heard this in some of his videos. It's essentially a buddy cop movie set in a high fantasy metropolis. And as in Superman's metropolis? No, no. Okay. No, metropolis is in like a big expanded city. A big modern city that has orcs and elves and shit and centaurs. He's doing that on Netflix? I don't know whether he's doing it on Netflix because he has got a Netflix deal but it might be a movie. I can't remember. Oh. Either way, it's Max Landis doing a Max Landis idea. Mm. I could be in for that. That's happening this year. Hell yes. Should we what? carry on with TV? Darren, I forgot. Well, that's all the things that aren't related to superheroes. Oh God, Superhero City. Um, well, that's the things we know are coming because the thing is about TV is that you actually don't know what's coming. There could be so many things put into production quickly and put out this year. We could have a final, we could have a season three of um, uh, A Morning of Life. Uh, we could potentially have so many things come back in this next year. But Who knows, yeah. I might end up on TV again. <laughs> yeah, you, you never know, Michael. You might be a TV star again. Um, but here's the things we do know are coming. I think I can be very quick about some of these. For example, um, I was going to put a time on for DC TV shows. Um, Arrow and Flash have not had good seasons so far this year. They have both just been... Arrow has essentially turned into extenders. It's just it's goddamn misery every week. No one's having a good time on that show anymore. It's it's a long way away from season two, which is genuinely one of the greatest TV series ever made. And Flash has just fucked its cannon up <laughs> by doing the whole time traveling thing, which is never should be allowed unless in very set circumstances. They have fucked everything up, and again, no one's having fun in that show anymore. They royally fucked Flash. The arrow's just not climbing out of its pit of misery, and that's just not good. Yeah, uh, I luckily don't need as much time as you, because I still think that Flash Season 1 and Arrow Season 2 are really good, and they haven't been topped, and DC is progressively just doing itself in the arse. Like, Legend of Tomorrow is not interesting at all. Supergirl is apparently okay. My dad actually likes it, which is not a good measure of quality. (laughs) So... Just get your act and together, please. We've got, we got the team upcoming. Yep. Don't make that suck. And then there's Gotham. Oh, yeah. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> Gotham. Um, so, is that still going? Yeah. Oh, somehow. wow. God. Uh, Christ knows how. It's, it's the most unsubtle show I've ever seen in my life. Um, but on the flip side, Marvel's TV is coming back strong. Agents, uh, we haven't had the new season of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. over yet. It's starting very, very soon on E4, I think. Um, but yeah, that's bringing back Ghost Rider into the Marvel canon. That's going to be cool. They had a hell of a season three with the uh, all the stuff with the humans. Really, really like that season. 
Uh, yeah, they're overtaking DC, and now they're adding Inhumans to the Gambit, which have been heavily set up in 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 um, Agents of Shield. It makes sense transitioning off instead of doing it in a movie. Whether that means we get Black Bolt and Medusa and, and um, Attila, is that where the yeah. Inhumans from? Whether we get all that, I don't know, but we'll see. Now, apparently, that is what we're getting. The Inhumans royal family is coming to TV, which doesn't make me that excited because it's TV. However, like you said, Agents of Shield has been really good, and not only has this, I mean, it's starting for us very soon, the Ghost Rider arc. But we now also know because this we live in the internet age, the next arc is life model decoys. Holy crap! This is really going into some good Marvel stories. I might actually watch Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. again. When did, when did you jump off? Oh, season 3. I was just... Ugh. Season 3 was... I was in Humans, wasn't it? Yeah. No, I like Season 3. Season 3 was good. Season 1 was an uphill struggle. 2 mm. was fun, and then I'm like, I can't be oh, Unfortunately, we're not getting Season 3 of Agent Carter, though. Mm. Agent Carter Season 2 Agent was actually Agent Carter was really, really, really uh, good. Right, that leaves with Netflix. Um, we're Netflix? getting Netflix? I'll let you start on this one, Michael. Three words. Defenders, Punisher, Fist. I was going to say, you have to say four words. I know, I know. But, you know, three words for three series. I can't wait for every single goddamn one of these. Just because of how good the Punisher was in Daredevil Season 2. The fact that it's one of my favourite characters. Iron Fist is going to get brought into it. And that Defenders teaser got me pumped and we didn't even see a second of footage. We know how big the cast is for that. We know it's a shorter series with bigger budgets for each episode. It needs to culminate in a goddamn fight for New York. Again. Defend my punishing fist. I'd watch that porno. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's all I really have to say. Yes. Iron Fist can be cool. Punisher's going to be cool. Defenders is going to be cool. I have absolute maximum faith in uh, Netflix. Yeah, there's probably going to be a lull at some point in the season, but now they're just moving that lull around to keep us guessing of where it's going to be. Is it going to be the end? Is it going to be the beginning? Is it going to be the middle? We don't know. Um... Kind of wish, I know it might seem a bit weird. I'm just going to reset the time because I need to make a point. Okay. I know it's a bit weird that um, everyone was like, well, could they cast an American-Asian dude as Iron Fist? Because that seems a little bit racist in of itself to cast him as the Kung Fu guy. But just don't write him as a Kung Fu guy. Just have him as a guy that can punch stuff really hard. We need diversity, Which people. Which seems, seems to be what they're doing, though. They seem to have set it up. It, it, the fact that it is a mystical power, not yeah. just Kung Fu. Yeah, he's not like wearing karate gears and going, hey and doing your Bruce Lee's it, which is why I think I really would like. I do, I do want some version of the costume. I have to have the costume. Michael. Now, I know I'm asking a lot. I know I'm asking a lot. Allusions to it, I think it'll be fine. Something like what Daredevil's doing, the armoured look that he's kind of rocking in season you two. You know how you could do this? Mm. You could have him in, like, like a green combat robes that during a fight get ripped open to reveal the dragon tattoo. That could be cool. That would be... A beautiful image. Yeah, put him in like a, I know I just said it should be him in a karate gi, but something along those lines where he's got like a like a like a kind of yeah, a more sturdy like dark emerald green sleeveless. Obviously, because I show the guns off. Yeah, karate gi could be quite cool. Okay, at that point, yeah, it wouldn't make much sense. Again, gets battle damage and ripped just reveal. Would you not be just ah. that a little bit more interesting? Because Toby Jones is fine. He was even Game of Thrones as um, the Flare Knight Solaris, and he was fine. But I mean, like, uh, he doesn't tick on my balls. Like, uh, but if it was an American Asian guy finally being introduced into into Marvel, that would have been really interesting. I know, but I you know, da- Danny Rand wasn't so. But okay if with if it they were being... so convinced that Toby Jones was the right guy to go with, then then we'll have to wait and see. They have not been wrong on a casting decision no, yet. They have not, and the defenders will benefit from that greatly. And then Sigourney Punisher... Weaver's in that. Sigourney fucking Weaver's in the <laughs> We just remembered that Sigourney Weaver... Oh, my God. Oh, I'm looking forward to everything. Oh, good. As long as she turns up even better than... I finally watched the Ghostbusters movie, by the way. 
Oh, good Christ. You watched it? I watched it. Oh I, was, I, was, I was stuck in a caravan. I had little choice. But, uh, Is it as bad oh, as we all thought? Have you not watched it yet? No, oh, I'm, I'm refusing to watch it. When Bill Murray turns up, I'm like, oh, Bill. I thought you had better taste. I thought you had better judgment than this shit. It's not as as awful as people are. It's not the second coming Are the jokes awful. dreadful, though? It's not funny. There it's, we go. It's not funny. That's all I but need it's to not, it's, it's, it's not as bad as everyone makes out. It's hmm. just nothing. It's just a nothingness of a thing. Um, and yeah, Punisher then gets to spin off and beat something, and that'll be cool. That's yeah. well over a minute, but that's okay, because that's the end of TV. Yay! Right, now, the often... Well, we actually, we've never talked about TV, so that's even rare, but we do like video games quite a lot, Michael. We play a lot of video games. We do. I've mm. completed one today. Which one was that, Michael? Firewatch. Oh, yeah, I get to play that soon. I've got that yeah. off the uh, sale. The, I immediately had quite a quiet year for video games, by my own standard. I didn't really buy that much. That will not be the case this year. <laughs> yeah, this year is the year that all our wallets get drained. So many goddamn good things. We don't even know if two of the big potential games this year are coming out this year, because we don't know about the God of War. The God of War. The we God don't of know War. about God of Dad War. Dad of War. We don't know about Dad of War, if that's coming out this year. And we don't know about Insomniac's uh, Spider-Man game. No, we don't. Um, we don't know if it is Insomniac, isn't it? It is Insomniac. Cool. Yeah. Uh, we don't know if either of them are coming out this year. They might be a 2018 job. But what we do know, and first and foremost coming out, Horizon Zero Dawn. 30 seconds each? 30 seconds each. Um, a Horizon Zero Dawn looks to be following the, blueprint, the, the Ubisoft open world blueprint, which tends to be games I really enjoy. I'm talking like Far Cry, Mad Max, that type of deal. Um, it's a great juxtaposition of putting humans as the prim- uh, the primitive species against the highly advanced nature, the you know the robot dinosaurs, and very handmade robot dinosaurs. So I am hella in for this uh, in early March. Just want to point out, it's not a Ubisoft game, by the way. I know it's not a Ubisoft game. Know, it's following yeah. their blueprint. It's developed by Guerrilla Games, who make fantastic games. I was on board when it was Guerrilla Games and making a new open world game, but the fact that it's kind of like this weird sort of Brave versus the Dinobots sort of thing, I'm just generally interested to see how it's going to go. It does have a crafting and upgrade system. That doesn't really work well for a lot of games. I like them. Uh, After Far Cry 4, I really got bored of it. But you know what? I think that it just looks like a quality video game either way. I think I'm going to enjoy it in some capacity, even if I end up lending it from you. <laughs> that tends to happen with those games. Um, yeah, what well, other things we know coming out this year, for example, Safe Park for Fractured But Whole. Safe Park, The Stick of Truth, is one of my favourite RPGs ever. And I think it's one of the best realisations of a continued South Park episode there has ever been outside of the movie. Because obviously you've got stuff like Imagination Land, where it's a continued thing in the Coon Trilogy. Coon Trilogy is my favourite, by the way. Um, but but Stick of Truth was amazing. And this one appears to be just saying, okay, we're now making a bigger, better game, and they're basing it with the characters from the Coon Trilogy. I was there already. I'm, I'm already there. Because fantasy is not my bag. I mean, I liked, I love Stick of Truth, but f- uh, choosing superheroes or fantasy, I'm always going to go for superheroes. Yeah. It looks like it's going to have the same typewriting. Matt Stone and Trey Parker are going to make sure this is a quality film. Which is why it's okay that it got delayed. The first one got delayed several times and it was fantastic. I have no doubt they're just trying to make sure everything is as good as it could possibly be for this sequel. And they still haven't given a release date, but I really, really want one. Yeah. Speaking but, of things that don't have release dates. Civil War. Civil War. Oh, just the fact they're arguing over what the... Like, we need to launch this on Netflix. <laughs> That's so goddamn clever. I mean, the last series of Save Part was admittedly not great. It's fine. I think they're abandoning the episodic thing for next season and going back to the normal yeah, the way, which I'm like, which is good. 
that's fine because uh, that was kind of its problem but uh, yeah this will not be encumbered by such things plus we might get to use um, PC principle as a support character which is just <laughs> great uh, I need a Cthulhu summon I need mint berry crunch in my party mint berry crunch the power of mint and berries <laughs> Oh, we could so just sit here and quote Earth. We really, really, really could. Um, now, another thing that doesn't have a release date that I'm very excited for. Maggle, do you know it's been 10 years since Tekken 6? 10 years? It was 2007 that game came out. We've Jesus. only had Tekken Tag Tournaments in the intermediary, not counting Street Fighter X Tekken. I'm not playing Tekken on the fucking Street Fighter engine. Where the fuck is Tekken? Tekken Cross Street Fighter. Anyway, yeah, we're now getting Tekken 7. It's been out in the arcades for almost two years at this point. We've been waiting a long, long time. Still don't have a concrete thing, but it's definitely coming out first quarter of this year. I'm really excited because, as we know, Michael, all odd-numbered Tekken games are good. That's true. Three and five are excellent. I One started. Three's great. Five's great. Seven's going to be Two's great. good. Two's fine. Yeah, yeah two's It's basically an expansion pack. Whatever. Either way, Tekken is my fighting game of choice as well. Obviously, it's one of your favourite franchises of all time. And yeah, this needs to be good, basically, because we haven't had a good fighting game, really, properly since Tekken Second 5, I would say so, because Tekken 6 sucked. Tekken 6 sucked. Looking forward to it, though. Such ass. Keeping the theme. Yeah, there are a few other video games that are going to, uh, sorry, fighting games coming out this year that are going to try and, um, um, you know, help revive the series. Because I don't know if Street Fighter, uh, whatever number, Street Fighter 5 really five set the world on fire. Year. No, it and was- it was very, very much a deafened chorus on that mm-hmm. one. Uh, so it really does feel that they've been keeping the frown warm for Tekken, but also vying for it, because they're vying for it in the film and TV world. We might as well bring up superheroes again. Yeah. Uh, we'll start with Marvel vs. Capcom, because um, I don't actually have much to say about this. I tried playing the last Marvel vs. Capcom, and I found it's too similar to Street Fighter, that kind of twitchy, you need to know all these really complicated commands, which is what I don't like about fighting games. I need ones like Tekken that have some strategy and some fucking thought behind them. Well, I kind of switched off. But if they come out with good reviews, I might try this one again. Now, I'm actually more up on Marvel vs. Capcom. Le- less so on the sort of, um, how do you call it, competitive scene. I don't care for the competitive fighting scene. I think it's pretty much one of the biggest boils on the ass that is competitive gaming. But it must be said I really like the Marvel vs. Capcom games. And Marvel vs. Capcom 3, especially the ultimate version, which added Hawkeye and such other such good characters, and Phoenix Wright, I really enjoy it. I also just enjoy playing it with other people, and the fact that you have those three characters to switch out with makes it a lot more fun, whilst also keeping a solid technical side. This game could be great, although I don't feel it's going to be a necessary purchase. No, I'm with you there. Um... But it's got Captain Marvel, and I'm, I'm excited Woo! for that. Well, no, it's just, it's too twitchy for my liking. I can't. Having said that, I know you just said it was a boil on the ass of competitive gameplay, but there is nothing more beautiful than watching someone play Tekken and just keeping a man in the hair with Huang kicks for like fucking four hours. That's a wonderful thing. Now, um, DC. This is actually the one where I think I'm more excited for the DC game than the Marvel game. Who knew? I know it's a fucking bizarre thing, but yeah, Injustice: uh, Gods Among Us two. Yeah, that's happening. Um, and I'm five seconds into my time already. <laughs> Injustice 1 was a really good game with a solid story that actually felt awesome. And put, I mean, admittedly, yeah, he goes in the evil Superman group. We've all been there a thousand times before. But this one's just going to do more of the same. And I'm okay with that. It appears that this is just going to be, hopefully, a continuation of the first game. But hopefully it can offer something new and with less Suicide Squad characters, please. 
yeah, the storyline of it was really, really good. I think that was the main thing that pulled through. I'm not a fan of the Mortal Kombat engine. I'm more of a fan of oh, it I like than the I am. engine. I don't like the MK. I think it, there's too many cheap ways to win, such as the environmental hazard and all that jazz. But it was fun to smack each other as superheroes, and there was a lot of fun combos. Hopefully they expand on them, because you kind of ran out of the... You know, when you do one special move as Superman and punch someone into orbit once, you've, you've kind of done it a thousand times. Hopefully there's more of a variety in that one, and hopefully Nightwing's as badass as he was in the first game. Because Nightwing's the fucking coolest person. I don't want them to do the whole um, Justice League DLC, though. Because that would suck. Um, suck. Uh, you know they're going to do that, though. Suck. suck. <laughs> he thinks it's going to suck. Uh, should we run through some Michael games? There's quite a lot on here. Yeah, I think there will um, Shall we go with Ukulele? Ukulele. I'm having the full minute, right? Go for it. Awesome. I've backed this game on Kickstarter, and therefore I am incredibly biased towards this game. But it's a revival of the puzzle platformer collectathon that was made popular by such games as Banjo-Kazooie and Ratchet and & Clank and... Crash Bandicoot, who we might be talking about later on. Yeah, this is going to be back to an open-world format, much like the Banjo-Kazooie games, because it's from the people who made the original Banjo-Kazooie, not from the studio. They're busy making Sea of Thieves. However, I think this is going to be a return to form for platforming games. We haven't had a truly great platforming game in any capacity for a good number of years, unless you don't count the Lego games. But I, I feel like they're a genre unto their own. Mm-hmm. This is going back to level-based collectathon fun. And that's what it is. We seem to have lost these fun, cartoony games over the years with just being saturated with more and more shooters. And Nuclear looks like it's just going to inject some colour, fun and life back into console gaming. And I'm going to play it on PS4. It's going to be rad as hell. <laughs> rad. Oh, there um, might be a Switch version as well. Yeah. Cool. Um, yeah, you see, you quickly mentioned Lego there. Where's my Lego games this year? They're doing Lego World, which is the Minecraft one. Where's my license one? Because they like they're some of the only games I brought last year. I brought both of them last year. But uh, where's my Lego Simpsons? Because that is the biggest no-brainer I can possibly think of. They keep picking franchises where you only want to play as like two or three of the characters. I want to play as all of Simpsons characters. Until you can give me a Springfield, I can run around as Duffman and Bumblebee Man. I am not going to be a happy bunny. Oh, you can basically just make hit and run in Lego. Go on. Fucking do it. Done. Everyone's happy. Yeah, Lego, Lego Duffman would just be the best. Lego Hit and Run was Lego Hit and Run. You know what I mean. Simpsons Hit and Run was fun. That's the only, one of the only few legitimately good Simpsons games. When you ran them over, I regret nothing. <laughs> <laughs> it was wonderful. Um, okay, uh, another Michael game. Yep. Cuphead. Cuphead. Okay, this game looks like artistic fantasticness. That's not a word. But you don't have to think of regular words for this because Cuphead is an indie darling beyond proportions. Uh, Now, obviously, this is a game that's only been shown off E3 a number of times. We don't even really have a solid date for this. But given that it's a unique art style of early Disney uh, then being transposed with what appears to be like demonic bloodshed, is interesting. It looks so good and so unique. And once again, hopefully it's going to be a 2D platformer that isn't a total pile of wank. <clears throat> Mighty number nine. So hopefully this is going to bring us back to having indie games that we can actually look forward to that don't just come out on a whim are popular for two weeks and everyone's playing them and then nothing is said. I want Cuphead to become a classic this year. Whether or not the studio really has that energy behind it to do it is a mystery. But I have faith, Darren. Magical. Do you have equal faith in Telltale's Do You a Good Guardians of the Galaxy game? How long have I got for this one? As long as you want. Okay. Ah, it's a Guardians Telltale game. It's two things I love and they're putting them together. Now kiss. 
yeah, yeah, it should be good. It should be good. They did really well uh, bringing over the Borderlands franchise into Telltale Games. I fucking love Borderlands. One of my favourite games of all times. And they made Tales from the Borderlands fantastic. I have absolutely no doubt that the good shit Marvel are not going to let them steer off on their own path and do their own thing. They're going to make a damn good story. They're going to hopefully keep it more in line with the comic version of the Guardians of the Movie one. But the NW's on the movie one, that's fine. Because I love both of them. I was actually disappointed when they announced it was going to be going to the Galaxy Dune Telltale. I thought it would have been a very good opportunity to launch some like D to E list characters. I would have played a Moon Knight series. I was exactly thinking Moon Knight is the one because I don't know how else you adapt that. You could do it as a Netflix series. I suppose it could be on the next wave of Netflix people, but I, I've not. I don't yeah. particularly care for the Moon Knight character. But had they done it in a video game, I think that would have been very interesting. But it's Guardians just seems a bit uninspired. Cosmic Marvel is good. Cosmic Marvel's good, but I mean, okay, for example, I know it's going to break your heart, but they could have done Nova. They, they could have done Nova as a Telltale game. They could have done Moon Knight. They could have done uh, Cloak and Dagger. They could have done uh, quite a few people, but Guardians is a little bit uninspired for me. Um, not that I would play a Telltale game because I play video games, not fucking interactive stories. Um, oh, you're going to have fun with Firewatch then. <laughs> no, I, I don't know why I'm so intrigued by that game. I just need to know what's going on. Uh, and finally, from the Michael collection, uh, we have Resident Evil 7. This is one that's really breaking a lot of moulds, not only for the Resident Evil franchise, but for VR gaming. Yes, I suppose you could argue that horror on VR is pretty much oversaturated before the things even reach peak affordability. However, it's Resident Evil doing it. And it's Resident Evil going back to survival horror roots. It's none of this jumped-up alien virus bullshit anymore. It's just scary goddamn shit. It probably was not going to play into the whole T-virus and zombies thing, but honestly, that's okay. What they've set up in the demo, and I've played that demo, and whilst not being the most terrifying thing in the world, it's thick in atmosphere. It changes up the formula so much from taking it from a third-person action game to a first-person almost intended for VR experience that I think is going to make a lot of people shit their britches. And that is what you need Resident Evil to do. We need to bring horror back and make horror great again. Oh, God, I've trumped it. I've trumped it. Oh, no. Reverse, reverse. Oh, God. He's in office in a few days. Oh, God. He gets sworn in on my birthday. (laughs) (laughs) Happy birthday to you. Um, Bring on the wall. I know, I know. Um... Oh, I wasn't saying no. Um, no, we all really know VR reached its peak in 2016. It reached its peak when he, uh, Ronnie O'Sullivan tried to lean on a virtual snooker table. <laughs> oh, that was so funny. <laughs> well, that's it now. VR's, that, VR's already given it the best thing it could possibly give us, Ronnie O'Sullivan falling over. Oh, shit, I thought it was there. Oh, I just thought it was there. <laughs> fucking stupid bastard. Right, okay, we've got four more games to think uh, speak of and a console to go. Uh, we're wow. going to get nostalgic now with Crash Bandicoot! Um, I'll, I'll admit, I'm actually a little bit annoyed that it's a remake. I was kind of hoping for Crash Bandicoot 4. Uh, uh, just having the same We already style, had Crash Bandicoot 4. I, but a proper Crash Bandicoot 4. Not this Wrath of Corn. Okay, but uh, the next one in the series of Crash Bandicoot um, would have been more interesting to me. Having said that, I know for a fact I'm buying the the, the Crash Bandicoot remade, um, remastered, whatever it's called. Uh, the Insane Trilogy. That's the one. Um, because it's Crash Bandicoot, and who's not excited to have him back in Airlines? Oh, is it me now? Okay, yeah, right. seconds. yeah, it's Crash Bandicoot. He's back. Everything looks shiny. The new design, I do have yes. a little bit of niggles with, yeah. but it still looks better than everything else they've tried to do with that character. Like, the mind of a mutant rubbish. Mm. 
this is just one through three on the PS4 looking shiny in hopefully 60 frames per second and 4K. Sign me up. I'm there. Hell yes. Uh, right. Three biggies now. Yeah. Um, Star Wars Battlefront 2. Maggle? This can go either way, can't mm-hmm. it? Star Wars Battlefront 2 is hopefully going to fix a lot of the sins of Battlefront 1. None of those sins were involved with the visual and audio design. Nope. Because that thing looked, felt, and sounded like Star Wars. You take that very solid base, hopefully apply it to the sequel and prequel trilogies. Yes, we include the prequels. I want that battle on Geonosis. Can you imagine? Mm. That'd be so good. Just take the stellar work that DICE do on shooters. Because, you know, mechanically it's fine. But you have to expand it. For God's sake, give us Galactic Conquest. Yeah, I'm sorry. I need to reset because I actually want more time. Uh, <laughs> yeah, they um, they really did shit the bed on the first battlefield. <laughs> we were really excited for that. I, I I had my reservation just knowing what EA's track record is for these type of things. But I I admit that whilst there was good trainers there, I hate to admit I was completely right about that game. But now I'm excited for this one. They've told us we're getting a storyline. That's great. They have an immense prequel or sequel stuff, but I think that needs to be in there just so we can expand, because otherwise, what the fuck else are we going to do? Go back to Hoff again? You need... I know they won't have these big, massive maths and they take a long time to build that sad, but that should not be an excuse for not attempting to put smaller maps in. If they're all the smaller maps from the prequels and the big ones... Okay, do you know she gets a big map, but you know what I mean. Do tighter ones. Do do smaller ones that you can't have all the air vehicles on. That's fine. Find a way to get in there, because you're robbing us of contact we had on the PS2. Just because it's difficult to do should not be an excuse for not doing it. Your EA, you have all the fucking money. Yeah, this is this is the same EA that put out three big shooters in the same month, thinking that was a good idea. That's what I'm saying. They, 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 the whole oh, but we want to give a great experience, but that means we have to limit the number of maps. Bullshit. Just take another year. Yeah. Star Wars will make money for you. Put out a different. Don't put out a Battlefront game for Star Wars. Put it. Use your Star Wars license for something else. You know, all that weird like concept fucking five-second-long video that everyone raved about. It's a bloke looking out a door, for God's sake. Um, <laughs> that being said, did, have you seen what the latest DLC for the current Battlefront is? Isn't it... Um, it's Scarif. Oh, good God, that's got to look good. It does. It looks so good. And I kind oh, of really want to play it. I'm really annoyed that you haven't I, got that license. I do want to rogue the shit out of Scarif. I know, I know. But that's what I Hopefully, the sequel can deliver everything the first one really fucking should have. Yeah. Um, otherwise, like what, actual was, good vehicle controls. Yes. What was the point? Right now, the highlight of our PS4 here, yeah. I think, is undoubtedly going to be Red Dead uh, Redemption 2. Um, we're going to have the four minutes, I think. Is yeah, necessary. we need a four minute. Yeah, Red Dead was. What it is in my top five games of all time, I think. Uh, if not, top ten. Um, it was a masterpiece, an absolute revolution. The last time I've truly been surprised by a video game, of just hearing about it and thinking, well, it's just the it's the Grand Theft Auto people, that's why I brought it. It's just the Wild West. How exciting can that be? It could be the most exciting thing in the goddamn world. It introduced me to... It, there was the first of the Ubisoft blueprints, as I was talking about, that really captured me, the hunting... The, um, you know, just the random ass side missions that you can lose yourself in for days. John Marston, one of the greatest video games characters ever made. The greatest piece of DLC ever put out. And I will hear absolutely no fucking argument on that front. I want all of that and more. And I have every, every faith it's going to deliver on it. I can't wait for this game. Second most hyped game of the year. Um, we'll talk about the first one in a second. Maggle. Red Plentiful Red... beavers. That's oh. what I want. <laughs> Stop, stop. That wasn't fair, sorry, I should have put that in my time. 
plentiful beavers. Plentiful beavers, because they were a fucking hard thing to find. They were really hard to find, weren't they? Am I still being meta, or am I being truthful? Who knows? Who knows? Okay, let's not beat around the bush. Red Dead. <laughs> Red Dead Redemption 2 is my most looked forward to game of this year. Because I don't know if Dynasty Warriors Gnome is coming out this year. Oh, 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 yeah. That's, that's what I'm saying. But yeah, Red Dead 2. Hopefully going to bring the goddamn thunder like you would not believe. I, I pretty much just echo everything that Darren said. However, I was looking forward to the original Red Dead when it was on its way out. I was watching the release trailers as they came out. And people were like, yeah, it looks cool. It's like it, it turned out to be what I consider to be video games on high art. Look, you could put this next to The Last of Us and they are equal, in my opinion. Red Dead is an absolute masterpiece. Gaming history. Mm. Which, you know... Rockstar changed their logo to a red version of their logo and it set the world alight. If that does not tell you that people give a shit about this franchise, nothing will. I am one of those people. There is very... There, oh, I'm not going to say there's no way. There are very few ways this game could disappoint me and I don't think it will. No, I have, they've taken so long to make sure this was good that I, I can't think... Whether they get something as good as that sto- the story of John Marston, that fucking pure shot of fucking cocaine that it fucking was. You don't shoot cocaine, dickhead. It's fucking hairy. <laughs> <laughs> it was just perfect. That ending still haunts me to this day. Yeah. It just like I've just been so impactful and so memorable. But... It is only second place in my most hyped games. We'll talk about the Nintendo Switch first. Um, obviously, we're getting the, the event after we're recording this podcast. We'll have a separate podcast on that. But what are your hopes and expectations for the uh, Nintendo Switch mag? We need three things from this coming up event. We need a release date. We need a price point. We need a launch lineup. If they are planning on launching this system... By the way, we're talking about the Nintendo Switch. I don't know whether we made that apparent. Uh, if we are launching this system in March... A lot of work needs to be done in two months. This is not something they did with the Wii. This is not something they even did with the Wii U. Admittedly, they let the Wii U die before it even came out. This is not something that was done with the PS4 or the Xbox One. We had a steady build-up. Nintendo need to be so confident that this thing's going to shift, which makes me think that maybe, just maybe, this event is going to be the biggest mic drop of the year and only the second or third week in. If they even go anywhere near the announcement of Pokemon Stars, it's an instant pre-order. See, I, I was not hyped for the Wii U at all. At no point during his entire existence did I even consider, even entertain the notion of buying one second hand. I was so disappointed in that. Compare that to this, where I am genuinely in the same boat of views. Like, if they announce the right thing on that event, I am probably going to pre-order it already because I am unstoppably hyped for that console. Well, okay, maybe not for the console because I still think there's some des- there's some designs in the inherent premise of the um, designs in the inherent premise of the Switch that might be hard to get over. The power of the thing, the the portability, which I'm not you know, I'm ever going to use it for. But if they bring the thunder with the games like I think they can, with Pokemon, with Smash Bros, with Mario, I've missed them because I didn't have them on the Wii U. I'm ready to love again. And, <laughs> and other than just really shitting the bed on that on that event, yeah, I'm probably going to end up owning one of these by the end of 2012. And we, end of 2012? <laughs> end of 2017. 2012 just rolls off the tongue, okay? Um... <laughs> And I'm sorry I'm getting confuzzled, but it's because we finally arrived at it, Michael. Oh, the God. priest applied five hours for Darren to talk about <laughs> Breath of the Wild. Can I possibly fit this into a minute? Let's find out. I have never in my life been more hyped for a video game than I am for Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. Take that as a fucking sentence, <laughs> would you please? 
everything I've seen about this, every single goddamn video, and I've watched them all, trust me, has got me so hyped for this game. Everything seems amazing. It's a return to Zelda's roots by being slightly more open world than, you know, they give the pretension to be an open world, but there's usually quite a linear path. This is apparently so unlinear, you can walk straight to the final boss and have a fucking stab at him. That, that's fucking mental. Everything, everything intrigues me. There's technology in the world. There's all the, there's the Guardians, there's all these missiles. It's combining all of the Zelda timelines by the looks of it, because we've got so many hints to previous games. Ah. Oh. I would chop my dick off to play this game right now. It's probably a bit of an overstatement. But think about it. It has the potential, and I'm making no hype about this. And I, I might even potentially not play this in 2018 if I wait on the Switch like I usually do with new consoles. I know just what I just said, but ignore that. I don't tend to buy new consoles in the first year as like a point of principle because you're buying it at the most expensive it will ever be with the least amount of games it will ever have. They're borrowing an incredibly low price point and a fucking stellar launch point. That might change the uh, launch title uh, catalogue. That might change that. But so basically, if Breath of the Wild is confirmed to be a day one game, I are you going to think about I it? I might consider it because, again, it has the potential, and I'm not making this up, to be the greatest game ever made. To finally not. It's the only thing I've ever seen. I'm like, that has the potential to knock Pokemon Red off of its fucking pedestal it has been there now for 17 years as my favorite video game of all time wow and nostalgia will play a big part of course but i'd have to seriously consider because everything i've seen looks fucking amazing i think like i'm going to take my means on breath of the wild and i'm going to do a little talk so breath of the wild looks pretty damn good i'm not going to lie um it's a game that i'm definitely interested in playing but one that i think raises a lot of questions as well as a lot of hype like I said, it's going to be a convergent timeline game, which is, I know, like, for a law fan like me, that's really good. But I'm not so hyped on the whole multiple dungeons and maybe the puzzles are procedurally generated sort of thing. I've been burned by procedurally generated games in the past. <coughs> no Man's Sky! Mm. So, and you know, I've also been burned by pre-order culture in the past. <coughs> no Man's Sky again. Um... Sorry, I've got a cough. I've told that. Yeah. Um, so it's hard for me to get overly invested, have it being burned so hard by a game that seemed to do so much more. But I can't lie, the Nintendo magic is there. It does look whimsical as all hell. I like the fact that there's cooking. I like the fact that there's resource gathering and, yep. and pathfinding. And like you say, it's just interesting. I am interested. Uh, I, I, the, I was about to say... The one franchise that never burned as is The Legend of Zelda, and then I remembered Skyward Sword. Yeah. That did, but that was hampered by bad controls. Skyward Sword as a video game is a perfectly great Zelda game. It just so happens to be hampered by fucking awful Wii Remote waggliness. That will not be a problem on the Switch. We can have a pro controller from day one that we can use and never even pick up the waggly business ever again. Fucking fantastic. Can't wait. <laughs> that's the only reason you care. It's like, they took the motion controls out. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. They gave me less features and I'm more excited. That makes no sense. But they, the Wii was always a problem that had to be navigated around. Some games did better than most. In fact, the first time I played um, Skyward Sword, I didn't actually mind, but I think I was just so hyped to play a new Zelda game that I kind of I gave it the benefit of the day. Trying to replay that thing was almost torturous. I just think this solves all issues. It can be all things to all men. And again, I might even play this till 2018, and that annoys me. But the second this is on, if I find out this is on a like a demo in a game within a 30 mile radius of my house, I'm fucking beelining there and kicking <laughs> whatever specky nerd is on there off because I am playing that shit. Uh, yeah, I'm quite hyped for this video game. And this leads me, Michael. Yeah. 
uh, we now covered everything we wanted to cover. There's obviously a lot of things that we, if we were doing a four-hour podcast, we'd uh, cover yeah. as well. This <laughs> is not indicative of all of the films we're going to watch, of all the TV shows we're going to watch, and all the videos we're going to play. Just these are the ones that we felt warranted mention. Which brings me to the final question, Michael. Yes. I'm going to give you a magical time-travelling ticket. Okay. It's good for 12 hours on New Year's Day 2018. You have 12 hours to watch one movie, watch three episodes of any TV show, and play one video game. Mm-hmm. What do you use it for? So, in terms of the, set, the stuff that's coming out this year? Yes. You've got access to anything coming out in the year of 2017. Yeah, okay. Uh, my one movie would be... Probably be Star Wars Episode Eight. Mm-hmm. I think that goes without, without yeah. question. I would watch the final three episodes of The Defenders. That's cheating. I know. But okay, it's on Netflix, so you can't actually do that. <laughs> so I would watch those three. Mm-hmm. Specifically, Like I know the Punisher and Iron Fist are coming out, but I want to see the build-up to the big battle at the end of The Defenders. Because so I think that's going to be the tits. Mm-hmm. And I would go and play Red Dead 2. Nice. Given the same opportunity, I would also watch Episode Eight first and foremost. Uh, I watched the first three episodes of Game of Thrones, just so I can, you know, revel in everyone not knowing what's going on. And then you know what I'd play the fuck out of for the remaining <laughs> of my time. Bejeweled! Bejeweled! Four! Oh, yes! Now you can swipe diagonally. Fuck, that's oh, a game God. changer. No, I would play the shit out of Rest of the World and then try and figure out a way of staying in the future because I don't want to go home. It's not as good as the world I live in. Yeah, that's 2017. Now, will we come to the end of this year and like half the stuff we just mentioned? Nah, probably not. Uh, will we love some stuff we haven't even thought about yet? Absolutely guarantee there will be at least one surprise in our top ten that we haven't, don't even know is coming yet. Yeah. And we're just going to be like, fuck, we should have seen that coming. But yeah, uh, thank you very much uh, for listening. You can find me on Twitter at The Guttridge. You can also go over to ProWrestling.net to read all my wrestling stuff. Uh, and uh, you can read on, uh, at some point we will have a full... My full 2017 preview article uh, going more in depth with everything uh, we talked about on this podcast. Yeah, you can find me personally on Twitter at that Mike Cohen. Of course, you can go to nayume.com and look for short stories written by all our fantastic team of writers uh, under the handle of Toy Literature. You can, of course, go to our main website, foundsamen.com, and find us on your uh, social media of choice, be that Twitter, Facebook, SoundCloud, or Minds, as well as Instagram, under the username FoulENT. That's F O U L E N T. Thanks very much for listening to this rather long episode of Talk Amongst Yourselves, and we'll probably see you. Well, we'll see you for the Switch event. Yeah, more Breath of the Wild gameplay. Basically, we're going to tell you whether or not we're pre-ordering or not. Bye, everybody. Bye, everybody. <laughs>